You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Just something that the Lord kind of has me in this vein of thought, this vein of conversation that runs in my own head. Uh, and these two scriptures that I'm going to focus on tonight uh, have just fit within this same story. I'm going to re- I'm going to be in, in Luke chapter 13, and I'm going to uh, I want I think I'll begin with verse 20. But the, really, the two verse the two verses that I want to really concentrate on are 23 and 24. Verse 20, and again he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the hoe was leavened. So there's a parable he speaks, and he steps into the next one. And he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, uh, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Now, man, this is a verse that it begins to separate lots of things. The, the casual look that the, the Christian world has created at salvation and the ease of someone being saved begins to have this unusual warning, this unusual truth found in this scripture. Because again, in verse 23, just look at it just very quickly. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them. So he answered this question. Uh, We seem to almost think that someone can drift into salvation. But when when Jesus says, strive to enter in at the straight gate, turn it off. For many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. He's saying that there is only one step from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. There's only one threshold where we, whereby we move from this kingdom of the world into this kingdom of heaven. One step from the world where Satan reigns and destroys, one step, one threshold into this kingdom of God. And he's telling us that that, that word straight, it, it's not a word that we typically use, we understand this also from the passage in Matthew that Jesus is telling us that that passage is narrow. Now, he's saying to us quite clearly that we have understood well this kingdom of the world, this kingdom of darkness. We have all been present in it. But he's telling us it is only one step into salvation. 
Now, I'm not just talking about the salvation of our spirit, which is justification. I'm talking about the one step into the spirit, which is our sanctification, the one step into the spirit, which is our glorification. The kingdom of God, this step into the kingdom, is a step into all realms of salvation. The salvation of our spirit, the salvation of our soul, and the salvation of our body. And he's saying, one step into that salvation. One threshold to come across. Now, man, that's like, that is great news. It's not a complicated journey. It's not turn left here, turn right here, go back 10 steps, go forward seven steps. You'll, you'll see a sign, follow the sign, you'll find salvation. One step, one threshold. But then he tells us something. And it's something that we, we, we so largely ignore. He says, straight or narrow is the gate. Narrow is that threshold. Now, again, we have heard this taught so much, it almost becomes somewhat of a cliche to talk about this because we've heard these scriptures talk about narrow is the way, straight is the gate, all these things. Well, again, and we're not even confused about what that straight gate is because Jesus has told us, I am that door. You enter into salvation by me. Who created the opening from this world of darkness to this world of light, this kingdom of darkness to this kingdom of light? Who, who formed that passageway? It's him. Who moves us from the kingdom of, 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 this, of the world that Satan has, where he has so much dominance? Who opened the gate of escape? But Jesus said, I not only opened it, I am that gate. I am the door by which you pass from one to the other. But what's the difficulty here? I want us to get it in, get it in our minds. I'm not just talking about the salvation that moves me from, from hell to heaven justification, the salvation of my spirit, where the outcome of my life is not only I move from eternal punishment to eternal life in the presence of the Father, where the outcome of that is heaven and being before him. I'm also talking about stepping through that gate that, in terms of sanctification that moves us from following each day the God of this world, or even me being the God that, that I often want to be, I'm also talking about the threshold that lets us step in sanctification, the salvation of my soul, into, the, into sanctification, the salvation of my soul. And I'm talking about this body that will die into glorification, this body that will be resurrected and live forever. So when we hear these, they're typically taught that we're only talking about the salvation of our spirit. That's that salvation that separates from us from hell to heaven. It's far more robust than that. When we step through that gate, and that gate is Jesus, he provides for us the salvation of our spirit, the salvation of our soul, and the salvation of our body, 
Again, I want us to understand we're talking about something extremely robust. If we won't get this if we think it's only the salvation that gets us into heaven. Wonderful. And that's how it's taught. We're talk, we only talk about that one escape, that one move from heaven, I mean from hell to heaven. We come back to this puzzling word. Narrow, straight is this gate. What is the point here? What is the significance? Well, most of us, as non-believers, are carrying a huge basket of stuff. In that basket is all of my pleasures. In that basket, all of my allegiances, all of those things that are against God that I have collected that are in my life as a lost person. And I have this basket, and the assurance of God is very simple. When I come now to this gate, and this gate is this wide, what's he telling us that has to happen to the basket? Can't go. You have got to unload those things that are not Jesus. I mean, he's chosen a great word to tell us that the hole in this wall between this kingdom of darkness where I stand as a lost person and the kingdom of light that I'm moving to is the shape of Jesus' body. If we were going to draw that, that hole, it would look like that wily coyote that runs through a wall and it's just got his shape where he runs through something. Well, the shape that gets us from one life into the other is the shape of Jesus. And I want us to imagine, how do I get the basket through. What if the basket was water? I mean, what if everything in it was water? It's like, well, I can just turn this thing on the side and maybe I can get it through there. But what immediately happens in any attempt to get that basket through that, through that hole? It will not go. But how many, how many of us truly believe that we have actually laid that basket down. That basket of those things that were against God that were in our life, strangely, because of the way we've taught this, we won't really say that I got the basket through. We won't talk about that in terms, we will, we'd recognize that we had to lay those things down. But the image that we have of ourself as a saved person escaping this kingdom of darkness, it's amazing how many things of that bat in that basket we find we brought somehow through to the other side. What's in the basket? Well, there can be some pride in there. There can be some self-reliance in there, some self-centeredness in there. There can be some unbelief in there. And unbelief is by far, according to the scripture, un unbelief is by far the worst. Because unbelief says 
that I have disregarded that which Jesus could bring to the story. Unbelief says I've excluded him. So this basket that we're trying to take through includes self-centeredness, self-reliance, self-awareness. It brings through a lot of pride. It brings through a lot of arrogance. And, and just, it's, it's filled with some, some unbelief. And it's like, that stuff won't go through. But isn't it amazing that we find ourselves over here on this side of that threshold? And there's pride in here. There's arrogance in here. And Jesus is saying, mm-mm can't come through, can't bring the basket through, because when you step through, it's Jesus. Your life now on this side is defined by something entirely different, because you not only had to unload this basket, the minute that you step through, you are reloaded. It's like they put you back, in computer terms, to the original default settings. They uploaded back into you that original sinlessness, that other self, that other centeredness, where that self-centered existed over here. When this new version of you was uploaded, you unloaded over here, you uploaded over here, and what was uploaded? You received the Holy Spirit. You received that, the, the restoration of life. You received his life now present in you. And I, I will assure you, most of us don't see this step in these narrow terms. And it's not because we couldn't bring them through. Jesus said, I didn't create a gate big enough for you to bring this stuff through. But man, how many of us in, in saying in, as a saved person, how much of this stuff still exists in this life? Now, again, it's, it's, it's easy to frame when we're talking about justification, salvation of the Spirit, where somebody's moving from a lost person to a saved person. That's the, the basket is full of unbelief. The basket is full of addiction, struggle, sin, all those things that are there. We, we, man, we turn sacred. Yeah, it won't go through. But when we start recognizing that he's talking about something much more robust than just sanctification, now for you and I as a believer, we're talking about the salvation of our soul, of our mind and our emotions, the word sanctification. What's that basket got in it? I'm saved, what's that basket have in it that God said, I won't let you take through that? I won't let you, in the terms of sanctification, I won't let you take that basket through either. What's in that basket? I'm saved, what's in this basket? Religion's in that basket. Rules in that basket. Comparisons, even... This, this one that I'm so sensitive to, denominations in that basket. Do you, can you see him 
in the terms of sanctification, turning and saying, I'm going to let denominational divisions through this gate? No. He's saying, I designed that gate so that stuff had to be laid down, unloaded, so that over here I could upload the default settings into you from that original position where the longing of your heart is obedience. The decision-making that you have, the emotions that you express is true praise because that's what the original settings were. The original settings determine in the garden between, between God and his two children how they were originally designed to be other-centered, to be in intimacy with God, to hear his voice, and, they, and he hears theirs, for to have this conversation. He, that's, that's our default setting. Sin is dealt with because it can't scrape through this, this Jesus-sized hole from one side of this to the other. He's not saying it's not a long journey. It's only one step. But I'm not going to let you bring that stuff across this line. He said, because once you come across this, you're, you're restored so that you can actually be the, can be the bearer of my image again. And I'm not going to let you bear my image carrying a basket full of that stuff. Now remember the original question, what did they ask Jesus? Will there be many that are saved? What's the conclusion from this answer? Well, if I see a lot of believers who claim to be believers and, and they're still carrying baskets of stuff, what's my conclusion have to be? If I, if, if I now take this individual and, and you're looking at him and he's got this Christian banner over his head, and he's carrying this basket of old stuff. What's the conclusion? There's only one. If I'm still holding the basket, what's the one conclusion? I didn't come through the gate. See, this is tough. Was Jesus serious here? I mean, this is, this is a, because how many believers that, that are under this category, believers, are carrying huge baskets of arrogance, pride, self-reliance, self-centeredness, huge baskets of this stuff. And he said, but wait a minute, I didn't make the gate big enough for you to take it through. How'd you get it on the other side? When I, when I restored you, when I uploaded something into you, when I uploaded the Spirit of God into you on this side, and I filled you with all that stuff, how in the world are you carrying this stuff? So Jesus is answering this question. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, you see, this is an answer to a question. So what do you think his answer is? 
You set up the equation. You write this answer, Matthew. Will there be many that are saved? And, you, and your answer is, there is the gate. What's the inference there? Mm -hmm. What's the inference if he says the gate's narrow? Now, what if he had said the gate's wide? Oh, let's go. Just carry it in. What's the inference? Yeah. He answered the question. There's not going to be near as many as you think. I've shared with y'all 12 years ago, coming up in February, two weeks, I will have completed 12 years. I told y'all from the beginning that I had a vision. Within the first few months of that 12 years, I had a vision. And why my heart pounded for the salvation of church. Why, why come into a denominational church? Why not just write it off? Why not just go somewhere else? Why not just start something where people already have let go of all that stuff? And, and why not just let this, let this die its own death? Because God's heart got attached, or my heart got attached here through the work of God because he saw something. He, he, it wasn't about throwing this away, but the vision that he gave me was that there's not near as many people sitting in church who were, who were saved, though they think they are. That was a very clear vision, so it has, it has created this passionate need for me to teach truth in this place so that there would be this assurance. I passed through the narrow gate. I have, my default has been back to being other-centered as Adam and Eve was because sin that had caused the separation, sin that had caused the self-centeredness has now been destroyed by the blood of Jesus. I can be restored now to that which formerly was. Reconciled is the word. I've been reconciled back to that which was originally. How do I get there? I unload what I was carrying because I'm desperate for what's on the other side of this. I will have no thought of this when I get a glimpse of what's on the other side because here I've got stuff that looks like blessing. I step through this gate and I now have a relationship with the blessor, not just the blessing. Oh, I tell you, we look over here in, this, in the realms of the salvation of our body, glorification. What's in this basket? How much do we do trying to glorify this physical body? What's in that basket? Millions and billions of dollars trying to maintain beauty, self. Focus. And God's saying, won't fit to the gate. Because I've already promised you a new body over here. 
Is it irresponsible to take care of this physical body, to tend while we eat and how we exercise? No. That's the glory of God. He gave us this body. It's the temple. We take care of the temple. But man, when we begin to look in the industry that makes us beautiful, in the focus we have on it, the hours and the dollars we spend trying to maintain an outward appearance of physical things, God's saying, won't fit. Broken. That box was broken and spilled out. I love that song. I sang it two or three years ago. Broken and spilled out. Because what? At the end of the day, I want to be used up. I want to be completely physically used. At the time when Jesus calls me home, I want my last breath to still be expressing joy and worship of him. I want the physical things that really matter to be the fact that I am a physical body by which he can speak. I want to be the physical body by which somebody can look at me physically, hear me because of something physical going on in my vocal cords. I want, I want them to recognize by this physical display of what my hands do, what my heart does, where my feet go, that they can see this image of God. But it won't happen if I'm trying to carry my basket of stuff through this gate. I mean, this, when, when I looked at this again, because I've heard this all my life, and, I, and it, it's always taught that we're talking about just the salvation of our spirit, that which takes us from hell to heaven. No, the basket, that, this huge basket that, keep, that, that, is, that won't go through, He's saying most people I know are not willing to lay the basket down, not willing to unload. They simply want to take the things that are valuable with them through the gate. And he's announcing in this scripture, I don't think I'm confused. It will not fit. Again, there's not any piece of this that is shocking to us, except the magnitude of what it infers in the scripture. If I were to ask any of you as, as believers, can you carry arrogance through the gate? No. Can you carry self-reliance through the gate? No, we've been taught well enough. We know we can't take these things. But isn't it amazing? Those who are claiming to be standing on this side of the gate with their arms still full of those things that they're admitting could not come through. And especially when we begin to recognize in the salvation of our soul, the salvation of our body, there are, there are complete baskets of, my, of, what, of, of theories, concepts, religion, all these things that I've held in this basket and it's, it's, it's unusual to, to visit with someone who, who, who has had to lay all that down. I had that conversation with someone today talking about the transformation that God had to bring in him to lay down those things that had been vitally important to him all of his life so that he could step through and function completely and normally on this side of the gate where it is a kingdom of light, 
a kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of God. Again, Jesus isn't confusing. Strive to enter in. Isn't it, I think it's interesting that he chose the word strive. Uh, no, I don't, have a, I don't have a note on that word. What do you think it, what do you think it looks like? It's, it's the word give maximum effort to. Now, again, it's interesting to me that he would choose that word because so many of the things that we teach in regards to salvation is that you've got to stop striving. You simply have to let God do what God does. But when I'm standing on this side of, as, as a person who's lost or a person who's saved, but the salvation of my spirit, which not, doesn't lead to eternal life, it leads to rewards. When God's bringing that awareness to me that I'm still got a basket full of stuff I'm trying to carry, and he's saying strive, he's saying with all effort, with all determination, lay that stuff down. You have to unload. Is anybody looking up the word strive? Got it? Okay. Well, I'll look it up too. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's very much the perspective. The, the word strive in Greek means there's four definitions here. To enter in a contest, contend in the gymnastic games. The second one is to contend with adversaries and to fight. The third one is a metaphor to contend, struggle with difficulties and dangers. And fourth, to endeavor with strenuous zeal, strive to obtain something. So it's interesting that he used that word to put forth that effort to lay this stuff down. Because again, how many people who say they're saved are still lingering over here in unforgiveness? Like, how did that happen? How did I get unforgiveness through the gate? Some people don't even realize they're carrying it. Some people don't realize there's a gate. <laughs> because they, they almost believe they drifted into salvation. How many people have, have almost by osmosis determined because my parents were, because somebody was, because I went to church. Somehow I seemed to become saved. Kind of drifted into it. Yeah. That's in my, in my Pilgrim Bible, that's exactly what it says uh, in, in the word when it talks about. Uh, let's see. In the, in, the, in, the, in the reference to are there few that be saved. The notes in my, the bottom of the Bible says, God is not willing that any should perish. We understand that very well. But we cannot drift into salvation just because our parents or relatives are saved. Are saved. I mean, it, we're, we're not going to by osmosis become saved. And I don't think many understand that salvation came because you were willing to lay your life down. Because you're, it's your life in the basket. It's your will, your desires, your interest. In the basket. So that when you step through what's uploaded, his life, his will, his direction, his heart, his passions, that's what's on this side. Because if I'm designed to be the bearer of his image, what else could there be there? And again, we have, and I, somewhere in this, we find a perspective that we recognize because God says to you and I as believers, if you say that there's no sin in you, 
then you make me and you a liar. So we understand that that old man, that old nature, has a tendency to want to show up over here. But it cannot exist without a determination on my part to resurrect that which was laid down over here. And the Holy Spirit won't let it exist over here easily. I don't have a sin nature anymore. The sin nature got laid down over here because the sin nature won't go through the gate. It's in the basket. So that over here, when the sin nature is laid down, I can become a partaker of the divine nature. We find that. First Peter, the partakers of a divine nature. Old things passed away. Go through the gate. What happens? How many things become new? What does the scripture say? All things become new. We have, we have taught a salvation of drift. We drift from here into this. Carrying some of the former things. That is not what the scripture says. Old things pass away. All things become new. You see, that's a harder line than we want to teach. It's a harder perspective than what we want to share. Because it's like, it, it causes people to wonder, well, am I really saved then? Well, I think you would guess my perspective. I would, mother, I would rather make you examine that again so that you would be certain rather than to leave you in your uncertainty to wake up and realize I did not end up in the presence of the Father. I teach a truth that is not always popular. It's not always easy for people to take. It's meat in the, in, in, in the mouth rather than milk. It has to be chewed on. But I, I have a responsibility as a pastor. The Bible's clear about this. For those who have been called into these positions are going to be held at a different standard. I have to tell you the truth. Because I would rather you be able to sit here today and say, I know that I know that I know that I know that I passed through that narrow gate. I know it because those former things don't exist in me anymore. If there's, because the basket for me was filled with arrogance. Filled with pride. He brought me through. In the process of sanctification, he brought me through a very, a year of, of, of putting me in that gate, and, I, and I'm trying to bring it through. Can't bring it through, can't bring it through, can't bring it through. And I, and I share this at, at Robert's funeral and, and still eternally thank Robert for loving me on this side of that so that there would come that day when I could actually drop all that stuff that had hurt and step through that gate so that I could live over here in the forgiveness in the real heart of God that I didn't have to carry that brokenness through with me anymore. Man, love will do it. Love will break it down. Because with people, somebody, with Robert coming to the pickup each day, and I know that had to be a hard few steps because the look on my face was saying, Robert, don't come. Don't come over here. Don't come over here. Do what? And me telling him not. Yeah, <laughs> leave him alone. And here he comes. 
Day after day, here he'd come. The love of God in that man broke down that basket to where I could lay it down, step to the gate, and be restored. Powerful. Hard scripture. It wouldn't be quite so hard if it didn't have the question right before it when somebody asked him, Jesus, will there be few that are saved? Sitting there is the gate. He would have been a whole different story if he would have said broad, man, broad's the gate that leads to salvation. Narrow is that gate. That infers there are not going to be near as many going through that gate as you would expect. Not because I didn't die for all these people, not because I didn't love them, not because I didn't care. They just wouldn't unload. The things they were holding, what happened to the rich young ruler? What was in his basket? Money. Things he valued. And Jesus said, you just lack one thing. What happened? He took his basket and he went away. Because he wasn't willing to lay the basket down to step through that gate where Jesus had just promised him, you lay that down, I'll give you treasure in heaven. Come, follow me, and I will restore, I will give. But you're, you're going to step through? You've got to lay down the basket of money. You've got to lay down that past. You've got to lay down that history. You've got to lay down that success. You've got to lay down that failure. You've got to lay it down. Because I want you to step through. Because I have so much to restore to you. Let that old pass away. Let the new come. Father, thank you for this reminder tonight. It's a very challenging passage. But Father, what freedom we find if we'll just ever, instead of, instead of fighting against the scripture, wondering about it, just say, Father, you've made it so clear. You've asked me to lay it down. Let me, let's, Father, help me unload. Show me the areas of my life where I'm still got stuff in the basket and help me unload, Father, anything that would cause me to not walk in the fullness of all that you have for me. For the unsaved, Father, that they would see. For those of us who are saved, we would still understand that we've tried to hold on to a basket when you have promised in the salvation of our mind, the salvation of our, of our emotions, that if we will let that basket go of that old hurt, that unforgiveness, those things that have been mentioned, the anger, we'll let it go, the self-reliance, if we'll let it go, and we can step through that gate into the fullness of what a life looks sanctified, set aside, and used by you. Thank you, Father, that you teach us and remind us of this so well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.